You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Today's episode of the Live Different Podcast is sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, our travel company for young people. We take groups of 21 to 35-year-olds on awesome adventures all across the world. Um, We have trips to Brazil, Machu Picchu, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize. Um, We go deep into the rainforest. We go up to Iceland, to the glaciers and the volcanoes, Ireland, um, Bali, all, all sorts of different places across the world with awesome groups of young people. If you're sick and tired of sitting at home, sitting in front of your desk, waiting for your coworkers to stop going to the boring happy hour after work and drinking their lives away, and you're tired of all of your friends doing boring things at home, probably going to the same bar and doing the same old shit, Come on Under 30 Experiences. This is a great commercial. Really like this one. There, It's a candid community. Um, and we go and have a really good time. And uh, there's no egos, divas, or complainers allowed. So check out under30experiences.com and come travel with us. Hello, everybody. It's Matt Wilson with the Live Different podcast, and today we have a very special guest, uh, my good friend, Adam Griffin. Adam is the co-founder of a fitness company called BodyFit, B-O-D-E-E-F-I-T. They have an app that gives you the workout of the day um, that has about 350,000 downloads in the iTunes store. He writes for Huffington Post. Men's Fitness, Men's Journal, uh, Greatest, Under 30 CEO, of course, and he is the author of a new book out called Guy at the Bar, Um, and Adam and I ran a really kick-ass fitness trip um, through Body Fit and Under 30 Experiences, and we have another one coming up November 5 through 9, which we can, of course, get you the details on, but I wanted to talk to Adam today a little bit. Uh, really just on the topic of motivation and how to motivate yourself internally, um, tricks that you can use yourself, uh, use for yourself, hear more about his story, um, and yeah, ta- tackle some pretty cool topics here. But uh, Adam, what's what's going on? Hey, Matt. Appreciate you uh, having me on, and thank you for the uh, awesome intro. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I am... Grinding away per usual, and currently I am enjoying what is actually sunny Seattle. Uh, working here for a few days, and then back to Denver. Sunny, sunny Seattle. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they do get a, a smattering of sunshine here and there. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're there for the uh, for the smattering. I, I wanted to ask you a question, and this is something that I I don't think I've ever asked you. Um, point blank but I mean this year you've you've launched a book you've run a trip to Costa Rica you have a ton of new downloads to your app you've also overcome a lot of hardship um, which you can get into it if you care but what my question for you is what motivates Adam Griffin Ooh, that is a tough question um you know, I think at the end of the day, um, a finite life is really what motivates me, and that's probably um, an interesting answer, I guess you could say. But uh, what I mean by that is I have a very vivid and real understanding of kind of the brevity of life, um, and with that comes um, you know, very much a motivation to, to make the most of it. And, to make sure uh, that those days aren't wasted because they are kind of ever decreasing. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I came to know, uh, like I said, that brevity of life early on, um, you know, which is to to my own pain, but also to my own benefit. And so um, being able to use that as kind of a daily reminder to try to make the most of um, the, you know, the 24 hours we get in the day is, is probably my main motivator. All right, so you, you use the word finite um, for a finite life, and you're aware of how short life is. Um, 
does this mean that you're cramming everything you can into the 24 hours or the 365 days or what, however you want to measure it? Or does this mean having more, you know, more meaningful experiences in your life? Or does this mean spending time with the family or, or maybe all of it? Um, yeah, what, what exactly uh, is your kind of, um, what do you look at when you're talking about finite life and how do you kind of maximize that? Sure. It's a uh, great question. And, you know, I, I, I'm definitely not one to just try to cram as much stuff in for the sake of being busy. Um, and so when I say making the most out of each day, you know, what that means to me is doing things that you genuinely, genuinely care about and enjoy. So if that's reading a book, uh, then it's reading a book. If that's hanging out with family, then it's hanging out with family. Um, but you know, when we do have these these finite lives with kind of uh, an, an ever-approaching, um, you know, end date in mind, then you should spend your time doing the things that you're passionate about, that you want to do, uh, that get you up in the morning, and um, and we shouldn't we we should try to really limit the amount of time we spend on stuff that. You know, we're we're doing for simply the sake of chasing some arbitrary goal or of climbing a ladder or whatever it may be. Um, you know, those are the things that at the end of your life don't end up mattering. Um, and so, yeah, just in gen in general, kind of focusing each day with the end in mind, um, I think is a is a really good approach to life, and it it helps kind of put things in focus and make you know what what's truly important a lot more clear. So. Do you think a lot about like your legacy um, at the end of the day or, you know, like you, you recently published a book and that is, that's cool to me because that's something that people can, you know, people will be able to read forever. That's going to live on beyond you or your, um, you know, your work with like, for example, with Body Fit, you guys uh, do some stuff with childhood obesity, um, I saw on your on your website. Or, you know, is it strictly legacy or is it, hey, what's going to um, help me enjoy every single day as much or, or both? Could you, do you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me personally, I'm um, very much an impact-driven person. So, you know, and, and I'm not saying everyone needs to be impact-driven, um, but that's just one of the things that, um, that, that really drives me. And so uh, whatever I do, I think about who are the people that I can impact with this. So with writing, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, um, part of that is legacy because those words do live on. Um, you know, long after you're gone. And so that's, that's kind of the beauty of writing and, and one of the appeals of, you know, what draws me to it. Um, but, but the other stuff, like body fit, like, um, you know, if I can ask myself at the end of each day, like, is what I'm doing making a tangible impact in someone else's life, a tangible positive impact in someone else's life? Um, and if my answer is yes, that's, that's what makes the work worth it. Because, um, you know, I don't. I don't have a belief in um, uh, what would the term be like. Like just like pure enjoyment always out of life. Like life isn't about always being sunny and happy and um, serving yourself. Um, a lot of times, you know, even in your own business, you've got a you know a vast majority of that work isn't terribly fun or isn't terribly exciting. But if the end uh, destination of that work is is a positive impact in someone else's life, then um, you know that work wasn't in vain. Hmm. Um, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. So you had you had a Facebook post one time, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it went, and hopefully hopefully you remember. Um, but you basi- basically you had a marker board, and it was next to your desk or in your office somewhere, and sit, and your post went something to the effect of you used to have all this business jargon on this board and then when it came down to it at the end of the day there was only one thing left um and and it was your impact and i believe you put on this marker board get the world moving or i know that's a a 
tagline that you like to use. That's kind of your motto, get the world moving, whether it's fitness or whether it's motivation in, in life. Um, and it, did I did I get that story right? Is that what you had written yeah. on that board? Okay, good. I, and see, this is like <laughs> a random post that I liked one time. That uh, but that had that had some impact on me. Can you can you talk a little bit about your your slogan, um, "Get the world moving," and what that means? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that was that kind of tagline is the reason that Body Fit was started. Um, and, and I started it just as a. Uh, you know, a passion project more than anything. Um, and so, you know, it's not difficult to see in our world that uh, obesity is, um, you know, ravaging a lot of lives. Um, you know, it's worse than it's ever been. And so when I think about impact and I think about the little levers that I can pull to make an impact, you um, I know that with my knowledge and my background and uh, some of my skill sets and, and, and that sort of stuff, you know, one way I can give back is by making fitness more accessible for people. And, and I mean more accessible to the people that need it, the people that can't afford a gym membership or the people that, you know, are at home with a few kids and, you know, are running around every day and they don't have time to go to a gym or the people that are traveling, you know, three or four weeks out of the month and, um, you know, their, their health is taking a toll because of it. Uh, I, I want to take those people, the people that really need to get moving and uh, remove barriers between, between them and their own health. And so the, the way I can do that is by giving them, you know, free daily workouts that they can do without any equipment. Uh, and they can do them in a hotel or out in a park or, um, you know, wherever it is. And so that's one of those very... Uh, simple yet definable ways that I can give back. You know, I'm not going to go in and uh, revamp the way that our schools um, approach school lunch, right? It's not in my skill set. It's not in, it's not even really in my, you know, passions, if I'm honest. Um, so I take this one little piece of the world that I can affect and that I can make a, you know, create a positive ripple in. Um, and that, that was the driving force behind body fit and, um, I, I can, you know, I'm a big fan of re reverse engineering your life. And so um, for Body Fit, if I can take that one slogan of get the world moving, I, I can reverse engineer what that looks like, uh, you know, as a company and as a mission. Um, and I can, you know, kind of back out of that. Okay, that's a, that's a slogan. What does it tangibly look like to get people moving um, and, and use that to, to drive decisions? That's cool. I, I like what you say, reverse engineering your life. And I think there are probably people who are listening to this who are saying uh, there's probably one uh, subset of people who are the super high motivators, right? Like the, the Bulletproof Executive podcast group who, who you turned me on to, who are the super high achievers and they know they have a ton of knowledge and they just are operating like well-oiled well machines and they're thinking about how they can make impact, like you said. But then there's this other subset of people who are probably listening to this because they need a little bit of help right now. They need a little bit of motivation. And, and not to mention, I, I consider myself right on the, on the high achiever level of things. But sometimes I sometimes I slack. Sometimes I need motivation as well. What's you know if if someone there are people in the world who can hardly get out of bed rather than are, are they're probably saying like well screw making impact I can't even help myself right now. Um, what would you what would you say to those people? How can you help get those people moving? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Um, so. You know, I think I think we we have to understand that humans fundamentally, at our core, are driven to achieve. Um, I think it's in our DNA. I think it's the reason we are where we are uh, as a species, as a society, as a you know, as a country here in the states. Um, and so, I, I think at the most basic level, you have to understand and accept that that is the truth about human beings. You have to understand that there is a fundamental drive for us to um, achieve and for us to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Um, and so 
when you understand that, you understand that that is hidden uh, inside each and every one of us. And so whether that's the super highly motivated achiever or whether that's the person that's they can barely drag themselves out of bed uh, because they're just over it or done with it. Um, somewhere inside both of those people is that spark to go create and to, to go be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so, um, you know, the way I think about motivation and achievement and things is, is a lot of times in our society we, we focus on the wrong outcome or the wrong uh, reward, which is why a lot of times things aren't sustainable. So I think, I think at a very, a very easy example would be like um, someone goes into uh, commercial real estate, let's say, because they think they can go make a bunch of money doing it. Um, that financial piece, the, the short-term financial reward of that is not... Uh, it might be a good short-term motivator to go pound out a bunch of calls and to go grind it out and whatnot, but it's not, uh, it's not an intrinsic or an internal motivation that's going to sustain over time. Um, and it might sustain for a few weeks or a few months or even a few decades. I mean, you see a lot of careers that will last a few decades that are driven purely by uh, something short-term. Um, but at some point, there becomes this what the F moment of like, what have I been doing with my time and why am I wasting it doing this? Um, and that's because there's no internal motivation behind it. And when I say internal motivation, I mean, there is that, that reason you get out of bed, that commitment to serving a higher purpose than yourself. Um, that has to be what internally drives you. And so, you know, to use myself an example, as an example, um, if I wanted to make, to write books to make like, uh, you know, some short-term income, uh, that might motivate me to go write for a couple hours tomorrow morning. But if what I'm really trying to do is leave a ripple um, in the lives of the people that read my books, that is a lot more internal of a motivation that will sustain me and will keep me writing day in and day out and will make the hard work worth it. And, um, you know, that's what I think as a society we need to get better at is focus on the internal motivation piece uh, and then and, and let that be your uh, sustenance or your, your driving force behind what you're doing. Um, the short-term goals, the, the, the wealth or the fame or the status or whatever it is, I'm not saying all of that is bad in and of itself because a lot of times it's what we need to get us moving. Um, but you got to find the layers beneath that if you want it to last. Okay. So, so I'm glad that you, you went in this direction because you recently published an article that was your external motivation versus your internal motivation. And that, that's basically what you just described that, okay, you can, you could work at a job for decades, but only be chasing that carrot, chasing that paycheck, um, which, by the way, that's a really great, if that was just short-term motivation, that's really crappy if that, if you were stuck in that, um, in that type of cycle or the rat races, they call it, um, for that long period of time. Um, but then internally motivated is, okay, I want to, to make impact, or this is something that's going to truly make me happy at my core. Um, can you explain a little bit farther, uh, a little bit further about um, what things people can do within themselves um, to, to really, or what questions people can ask themselves, or, or maybe what practices people can do to be able to be more inter internally motivated rather than just chasing the shiny object in front of them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, to, I might use uh, that recent article as, as a little bit of a, a guideline here. But um, so I think it starts with a fluffy term that I'll use, which is dreaming. Um, 
And I'll explain why it's not fluffy. Um, so when I say dream, I mean dreaming about your, your quote-unquote big, hairy, audacious goals. Like if you could craft your perfect career, lifestyle, impact, whatever that may be, like dream up the most wild thing you could dream of, uh, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. Um, and where that becomes internalized is a lot of people think, well, a lot of us, we think dreams are purely there for dreams. They're not actually achievable things. Um, but I think anyone that's achieved at a high level uh, views dreams differently, actually. They, they view them more as goals. They're the actual thing that can be attained. They're not like some impossible, never achievable thing. Uh, and so... I would encourage people to dream first and foremost and come up with that, that ultimate um, impact or lifestyle that they would want to create for themselves. Um, and then the way we internalize that is we ask ourselves why we want to be there. Um, Simon, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. Um, he had a great TED talk called um, Start With Why. It's pretty popular, and I think it turned into a book as well. But um, his whole uh, his the whole foundation of the talk and of the book is starting with why in anything you do. So you, whether that's a career decision, a business decision, a product, whatever it is, you got to ask yourself why you're doing it. Um, and so when it comes to dreams, we got to ask ourselves why. So if our dream uh, is to be a uh, you know, let's say a MLB all-star, let's say I'm a, I'm a kid and I want to be an MLB all-star. Um, the, the way I internalize that and I ask why is maybe, maybe I want to be an MLB all-star because I know for myself that I've always looked up to these players and I see them signing balls afterwards and taking pictures with, uh, families. And I just see, how happy it makes myself and other kids to be around them. Well, that's like an internal motivation where we ask ourselves why, and it's because um, that why would be, yes, we get to play baseball every day, but we also get to have this positive impact on that community and on the team that we're a part of. Um, and so you do this big daydreaming session, you figure out what your big, hairy, audacious goals are, you internalize those by asking yourself why you want to do them, not the short-term um, temporary uh, rewards, but the actual long-term, you know, kind of soul-level rewards, I guess you could say. So once you have those two pieces, um, you've got to genuinely believe they're achievable or else they will always just stay in your dreams and never become a part of your reality. And so, um, you know, the mind is a funny thing. Uh, you know, people think that um, yeah, I think it's easy to think that confidence is this born thing or that people, you know, with high levels of confidence or high level of achievement, like they were just handed this and it's just a part of who they are. But I bet if you look inside the minds of those same people, they're actually playing a mental game themselves. They're talking themselves into confidence. They're talking themselves into believing um, that they can do something. They're having a very positive self-talk conversation that the outside world can't see and simply takes it as, oh, that person is intrinsic or already like that. They, they, they were born like that um, or they were developed like that. But uh, there's a very real, and I think if you talk to any achiever, there's a very real internal dialogue that goes on that is reinforcing the beliefs that they can achieve something. Um, and so being proactive about that, um, taking those big, hairy, audacious dreams and goals, asking yourself why and internalizing those goals, and then talking yourself into believing those. Um, and so, you know, I think, it, I think the easiest way to talk yourself into believing something is achievable is, is pretty easy. You simply look at people that have achieved before. Um, there are innumerable high, high achievers across history that were nothings before they achieved. They were, they had every reason and right to not be successful. Um, 
but they did it anyway. And so whether that's reading bio biographies and autobiographies or, um, you know, you, you always hear stories about the, like the Michael Jordans of the world getting cut from their basketball team or, or whatever it is, you always hear these stories. Those are real stories and real people behind them. And so, um, you know, I'm a big reading fan. So constantly reading up on stuff on like that, because when you do it, you slowly come to realize that high achievers truly are just normal people that have willed themselves into success. Um, and so, yeah, you created your big, hairy, audacious dreams and goals. You asked yourself why and internalized those motivators. Uh, and then you, you have positive self-internal dialogue, talking yourself into, into believing. Um, and then the final piece is simply reflecting. And when I say reflecting, I mean keeping that in the forefront of your mind. You think about those big goals. You think about the reasons why you want to achieve them. And you think about how you are the person to, to achieve those goals. Um, and when you reflect on it, it, it stays in the forefront of your mind. And um, the, the world has a funny way of, uh, of opening doors and aligning stars to make sure that, that those goals are achievable. That's, that's really cool and a lot of really good actionable stuff. And by the way, for anybody listen, listening, uh, we'll link up in the show notes on Under 30 CEO um, this TED Talk, TED talk um, by Simon Sinek or Simon Sinek, however you say his name. Um, start with why. Also, Adam's book on, uh, sorry, Adam's uh, article on internal versus external motivation. Um, a, a book that I wanted to bring up which I haven't, uh, I haven't read yet, but I've listened to several podcast interviews about the book, um, is Peter Thiel and, um, and Zero to One and taking kind of quantum leaps where, all right, we just addressed, okay, what's that person, what's the first person someone wants to do if they roll out of bed, if they can't just get themselves out of bed um, and how you start to get rid of negative self-talk and, and move into to seeing someone who is just a normal person, but they're, they're willing themselves into success, as you said. Um, but how do you go about making huge leaps in your development? And how do we, we only have a finite amount of, of time on this planet. What are some things that we can do that, like, that big, hairy, audacious goal, um, how do we, you know, I, I find myself kind of underestimating how, or, or overestimating how much I can do in the short term, but then underestimating what I can do in the long term. So I'm trying to figure out, right, for example, how we can take under 30 experiences from 50 trips in 2015, right, to 150 trips in 2016. Now, and that would, that's, that would be a quantum leap for us. That would be tripling our business like we did last year. But that's like, that makes me kind of shit myself a little bit. How can, <laughs> you know, how can we, and this isn't even a goal. Jared's probably going to hear this, hear this and be like, oh my God, dude, what are you talking about? But seriously, like if I, if people want to make quantum leaps in their own personal development, or you want to go from you know, not being able to touch your toes to being a yoga teacher, or you want to be able to go from, you know, not being able to read to be able to read a book a day. Yeah. Um, how do you, so you set the big, hairy, aud audacious goal. And then how do you make yourself believe that you can actually do it? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think let's just stay on under 30 as an example. Um, so, you ran your first under 30 trip effectively like with your buddies a handful of years ago. Um, and you were like, hey, let's go do something cool and get out of the office and out of the rat race for a bit. Um, so you ran this trip and it went well, right? Um, that's effectively the backstory of the first trip, right? Yeah. So if you would have told yourself then like, hey, in 2015, I'm going to run effectively a trip a week. That, that is a massive quantum leap from running a first trip with your buddies. Um, and if you would have looked at that, you would have said, holy shit, I've got to 
get a bunch of contacts in the industries and the countries that we're in. I've got to get, grow a bigger audience to be able to reach. I've got to put in processes and procedures in place in order to uh, interview potential trip um, candidates and to move them to the funnel. I've got to figure out how to do payment processing. I've got to um, figure out how to do accounting. I've got to find insurance. I've got to, the list goes on. You could ramble for an hour over the things that if you took that goal at face value um, would have made that would have scared you off and told you this is not possible. Um, and I am feeling that as you bring up all that <laughs> stuff, man. I'm like, I could almost feel a little bit of cortisol leaking into the system <laughs> and the stress. Uh, you know, you, overcoming that can be good stress, but this is this is my life. This is like the kind of stuff I think about. I'm just, I get over, very overwhelmed um, very quickly, and I've learned to battle that, but. Yeah, what, what do I do next, Coach Griffin? Yeah, yeah so um, there's a saying that I love to use. Um, it applies to so many different areas of life, uh, but it can be used in grief or in uh, personal development, whatever it may be. And it's uh, the, the quote is, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> um, you never take the big, hairy, audacious goal and say, how do I go from A to B? Peter Thiel, he talks, you know, like you said, in zero to one, making those quantum leaps. But along those quantum leaps are always um, small wins the entire way. Um, and what, what I think our generation is not very good at is uh, the patience and the persistence to go from dream to achieved. And so when we can take that big, hairy, audacious goal and say, okay, what is one step that I can do right now or today to get one step closer to that dream or that goal? Um, and then we go do that one thing and we celebrate that small victory. So for you, having that first trip was a big win. Uh, it's, a, it's a victory to celebrate, and I'm sure you did celebrate. And then from there, it's the next step is, okay, how do we do it again with other people? And so you take that second step of, okay, let's get formal insurance in place. Okay, let's get a formal website set up. Okay, let's uh, start drafting blog posts that um, are driven towards the type of person that would want to travel with us or whatever it may be, right? And so... You break these down into these much smaller, more actionable goals that you can achieve every day. And then the, the key component of that is, is celebrating those small victories. If you're not celebrating along the way, um, that means you're giving yourself one chance to celebrate. And that's at the very end of achieving some big, hairy, audacious goal when you really should be celebrating the entire journey because that goal could change, that goal could grow, that goal could shrink, that goal could evolve, right? Um, and as long as you're taking some sort of actionable step every day, um, you're, you're fighting the, the, the proverbial good fight. Uh, and so, yeah. Break it down into much smaller, more actionable goals, I think, is, uh, is the best way to do it. And so, you know, I, I, I like to think of the, like, like nonprofits are a good example. Like, let's say I want to, um, you know, impact the world and putting water wells throughout uh, undeveloped regions in the world. Um, big, hairy, audacious goal, right? But first things first, let's sit down with a nonprofit lawyer in Denver and figure out what um, legal structures I need to get in place in order to even run such an operation. Step one, big goal, right? Um, and then from there, okay, I need to get a website made for free or for cheap. Who do I know in this space? Can I build one on my own on WordPress or Squarespace? Is there something I can do? Um, and then just always taking action on the one thing you can do right now. Uh, I like that. And I like where you said, um, I want to bring up something about uh, our generation, how you had mentioned, yeah, we are actually, our generation has a bad rap because uh, they think we're job jumpers or we th they think we're always chasing the next best thing. And there's a good, you know, it's great to never be too far into your comfort zone or, you um, 
I guess you could say it's great to never be perfectly satisfied or to, or I guess it would be better said that ever you're always looking to, to grow. Um, but I, I, this is something that you see all the time and people who start blogs or people who start podcasts or God, people who start businesses, right? It's, they just, they don't stick with them. They just think that it's going to be, you know, our generation gets known as the, uh, as the one who wants everything, wants everything today, right? We grew up with all this technology. We're used to getting everything really, really fast, but we don't often have that perseverance. And, um, you see that there's not, so, you know, there is no such thing as, as overnight success, even in most of these YouTube celebrities or whoever that you're looking at. These people have been grinding for a long time, and then you heard about them, and yeah, you saw them during their hockey stick growth period. Um, but what, what are some of the things that our generation can do so that we don't get such a bad rap, so that we can set clear, uh, big, hairy, audacious goals, right, and then break it down into small, actionable chunks, but what is it that makes sure that we don't pivot 5,000 times like most startups or you continue to pivot and that's fine, but you continue forward moving where you have to go and you, you stick to it. Yeah. So, to, you know, I think that's largely where the internal motivation piece comes from because it's, it's easy to change directions or to pivot something when, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, if I if I start a clickbait website because I want to become the next BuzzFeed, uh, it, that's going to be very easy for me to quit doing after two months when I realize I'm not getting anywhere. Uh, why? Because because of the reasons we chose to do it. Um, when our decisions, when the things we decide to apply ourselves to come from an internal goal that is driven by something greater than we are, that's when it becomes easy to work your ass off day in and day out for years upon years because you understand that the work is part of the journey. And not only that, you're changing along the journey. Like you might not ever reach that big, hairy, audacious goal, but if you become a better person with more skills um, because of it, then isn't that worth it in in and of itself? No, I I completely agree. And I I, um, can totally relate with our story with under 30 is, you know, Jared and I started with under 30 CEO and we had that uh, big, hairy, audacious goal, but that it was done for the right reason. And under 30 CEO wanted to help this generation um, of this graduating class, these young entrepreneurs who couldn't get jobs because our country was in a finance, our, our world was in a financial crisis, right? And people needed to go out and strike out on their own. And so we had, we were very mission driven at that point, right? And so we were able to build under30co.com to a half a million unique visitors. And we were able to make an income off of that and have the freedom and flexibility to do whatever we wanted between the ages of 22 and 26. And then we got to a point in the business and it was kind of that, all right, what the hell do we do next? moment where either we got to raise some venture capital and we got to try to be, this is before BuzzFeed even met, even started, but right, it you have to become that media clickbait link building, put on your sales cap and try to try to sell advertisements that you don't probably don't really believe in that just contribute to the consumerism of the world and the clutter on our website that was really supposed to do a, a good thing. Right to get yep. to that next level, or then we started traveling, then we started fulfilling ourselves, then we started looking beyond the uh, the Google Analytics page views and said, "Wait a second, we create an awesome little community right here. Um, what can we do next?" And that's when we decided to do a first trip to Iceland with our our buddies and our little community, and that's when things really shifted it became more fulfilling for us. And now we're on a, a, a different 
mission. Um, but that, but it's one that now we can say, yes, getting, uh, run, you know, running one trip was great. Then we ran 15 trips the next year. Then we ran or running 50 trips this year. And now we can say if our mission is to, uh, truly, as you said, get the world, get the world moving, get people out from in front of their desks and understand what's going on um, in the rest of the world and get people out of their, their comfort zone and realize that life isn't all about um, pushing papers or whatever you decide to do between nine, the hours of nine and five. All right. Well, that's a mission that's going to say, I'm going to try to triple this business if, if we can next year. Um, and that's, that's very motivating. Um, so yeah. I, I really appreciate how you said that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys are a great, great example of exactly, you know, everything we're talking about. Um, you know, you started with the right motivators, uh, you know, a, an internal motivation that was bigger than you and Jared. Um, and the path to achieve that changed, but because it was driven by the proper internal motivations, um, the path, you know, opened itself for you. You know, you guys just happened to be working your ass off to make sure you were ready for an opportunity when it came. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I wanted to I wanted to shift gears a little bit, and now that we got everybody motivated, right? Now that we have everyone. Uh, ready to go out and, and find what does drive them. Um, you own a, you own a fitness company. Um, and talking about, I want to know really about when people get into slumps, when people get caught in their day-to-day monotony, sometimes like for me personally, sometimes I just don't want to work out. Sometimes I'm just like, Damn, I have, there's trivia going on at 7 p.m. And my buddy just got in from the Netherlands. And I think that would be a fun thing to bring him in. But I really like to squeeze a workout in. What, you know, maybe I should just go to trivia and have a couple beers. But really, man, what, uh, there, yeah, there's the motivation side of it and what internally and externally motivates you but on a day-to-day on a day-to-day basis can you can you apply this to fitness a, a little bit more uh yeah um because i'm sure you have days where you don't want to go to the gym or god do you train real early in the morning um you know there's some so, some guys who do 5 30 a.m workouts like that sounds hey that sounds terrible to me <laughs> now i'm like the uh the epitome of someone that um, eats their own dog food per se. Um, I I love gyms for the community, uh, you know. So I have a gym community in Denver that I love because of the people within it. But outside of that, like you couldn't pay me to spend a bunch of hours in a gym every day. It's just not something I'm interested in doing, um, and so. Yeah, a large part of the way my brain works is um, is how do you get the most bang for your buck in whatever you're doing, um, whether that's uh, you know your fitness or whether that's um, you know your daily habits, whatever it is. Uh, and so, you know, I, I like to effectively use Pareto's law or Pareto's principle when thinking about. Uh, everything I'm doing, right? I want the the big, big impact coming from the the tiny decisions I make, and so that that applies to fitness as well. I mean, I um, when I think about fitness, I think the workout should be short and fast, and I want to be able to do it wherever I am because I'm on the road a lot. I like to be in parks during the summer. Um, I don't like to be inside spending a bunch of time, uh, doing this and that. And so, um, you know, I I think it breaks, breaks down into those smaller goals again. Right. So if like, I'm, if my goal is to lose 25 pounds, let's say, uh, you know, I've got a wedding dress to fit into or a wedding suit to fit into. And my goal is to lose 25 pounds, let's say like, that's a big goal. Um, but 
same thing when I reverse engineer that and I break that into small tangible goals and like, can I lose 25 pounds today? No, but can I take 15 or 20 minutes uh, and suck it up and get this workout done? Yes. And I don't have any excuses not to because I can do it in I can do something in my living room. I can do it in the backyard. I can do it up at the park. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think to, if, if I'm brutally honest, when it comes to health and fitness, um, beyond about like 20 years old, uh, if you find a trainer that doesn't tell you that your health starts with the food you're eating, um, that person is lying. Uh, and so, you know, most of it starts in the kitchen and the fitness piece of it is, is like icing on that cake. Um, it makes you feel better. It makes you look better. Um, but it really starts, you, you know, that the terribly overused and out or, uh, saying of you can't outwork a bad diet. Um, it's overused because it's true. Um. And so, yeah, even though I run a fitness company, you know, anytime someone comes to me with like a true like weight loss goal, um, you know, the conversation has to start with the food you put in your body. Um, and then the, the fitness piece, I just try to simplify it as much as possible. No, that, that definitely makes sense. And I like, that's actually the first time I've heard you can't work outwork a bad diet. Um, it, if, if you, okay, so uh, for example, um, I don't have a wedding dress that I need to fit, <laughs> that I need to fit into, right? Um, right? I just want to have a healthy, I, I just want to have a healthy lifestyle so that I can perform at my peak and I might end up answering my own question here, right? But sure. be, because my big, hairy, audacious goals are to live at my peak and, um, you know, triple our, triple our business this year and do a handful of other things, um, along the way. Right. I might not like my health and fitness is probably a byproduct of that. I know right now, sure. I would love to deadlift 400 pounds, but I just don't have the time to be able to put in that kind of commitment, nor do I want to eat whole cows and chickens every <laughs> night of the week. Like, I just don't have that motivation. I, I used to, but, you know, lifting 400 pounds off the ground, just it just doesn't do it for me at, at the moment. Um, but I want to live a, a really healthy, fit lifestyle. For example, um, I was in Rio on this this past trip, and I got smoked on, well, surprise, surprise, the American kid got smoked playing soccer on the beach in Brazil. But these guys <laughs> were like, they could play some soccer. And I realized that I had not ran in three weeks. And yeah, sure, that's probably where I had run in three weeks, but I certainly wasn't in Brazilian soccer shape, right? Sure. So, um for someone who doesn't have that big, hairy, audacious goal, and I just want to stay in good shape as a probably a part of the the puzzle, a part of my equation for what success means to me in general. Um, yeah. What 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 can you do for me? Someone who's not a, a necessarily focused on their fitness, uh, like losing a twenty five losing twenty five pounds. Sure. So. Um... <laughs> So I want to I want to touch on the soccer thing real quick because mm -hmm. that that's going to be a product of adaptation more than than anything else. They're simply used to playing soccer on sand, and you're not. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. They're probably they might not even be that you know that much more fit than you are. Um, but uh, that's a that's a whole different conversation. So <laughs> so yeah, I mean the person you're describing is me, right? Like um, in in you um, and and probably a lot of listeners. Like we have big dreams and goals, um, and yes, we want to be healthy, but we want to be as healthy as we can within the context of achieving our other goals. Um, it is not the goal; it is a goal that falls within the context of the other things we want to achieve. Um, and so for that, you know, if I could, um, if I could, 
and I'm winging this right now, but these are, these are this is genuinely what I practice, um, not just what I preach. But if I could break it down into three principles, I would say um, try to lift something heavy once or twice a week. So that doesn't have to be a barbell. That can be kettlebells. That can be your own body weight with, you know, push-ups and pull-ups and squats, right? You, you are still moving a weight when you're doing body weight. Um, and I say, say move something heavy because um, strength and bone density is, is really uh, important for longevity and, uh, you know, just becoming... Um, you know, just overall health, right? That uh, is a big piece of it. Um, but you don't need to do a ton of it to be, uh, you know, in general, a fit or strong person. So I would try to lift something heavy once or twice a week. Um, I would focus on uh, short and intense, not long and slow. Uh, what I mean by that is it's going to be much more beneficial for you to go do barefoot sprints in the park than it will be to go jog uh, eight miles. Um, and there's there's been a fairly significant amount of research done on this, uh, on the, the cardiovascular benefits of uh, short and intense um, training. Uh, if anyone wants to read up on some interesting stuff, uh, reading up on Dr. Uh, Tabata's studies um, are a pretty interesting place to start. Um, but so yeah, lift something heavy once or twice a week. Uh, go do some short and intense workouts uh, a couple times a week. So maybe that's sprinting. Maybe that's um, if you have access to like a rowing machine. I love to row. So hopping on a rower and doing um, sprints on that uh, or even like a stationary bike. Just go short and fast, not long and slow. Um, and then the third piece is the food component. Um, the, the truth in nutrition, which I've found to be a principle across a lot of life, is that the answer almost always lies somewhere in the middle. Um, and so when it comes to nutrition, I don't think it's any different. Um, you will have your paleo proponents. You will have your vegetarian or vegan proponents. You will have uh, your Atkins or ketogenic proponents. You know, there's, there's a hundred different ways of eating and the people that eat that way will tell you, you know, all day and all night why theirs is the true way to eat. And the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. And so what I like to do is pull out commonalities of what makes each of those diets healthy. Um, and I think the, the things that you can't argue with are that the more whole of a diet that you eat, the better off you're going to be. And so when I say that, I mean foods in their whole pure form. So whether that's meat, if you eat meat, um, whether that's fruits and vegetables or beans even, or um, if you're eating whole unprocessed foods, you're going to achieve a couple of things. You're only going to be putting good stuff in your body and you're, um, you're going to be satiated a lot more. A lot of our overeating problems, uh, they come from a lack of satiety because we eat this processed junk um, that is not food in its pure form and so our body doesn't recognize it as such. And so we find ourselves, you know, we've just housed 500 calories or a thousand calories of snack food and we're still hungry whereas we could have eaten 500 or a thousand calories of a, a whole food based meal and we would feel full and we would not want to overeat so I think when you start eating whole foods whatever that looks like for you and your particular belief system um you find that overeating isn't really an option because you're simply full when your body tells you you're full. Yeah, I like I like how you put that at the end. Um, it comes down to listening to your body, and yeah, you can listen to every expert in the world. Um, but this is the thing: everybody wants it in a book that is going <laughs> to tell you exactly what to do, right? It, you know, nobody's going to come to your house and uh, and put the food in your mouth for you and yeah. and and have it work. 
for you, yeah. right? Somebody could put, come physically put the food in your mouth, right? <laughs> you can bring the horse to water, but it doesn't mean that the, that, that water is going to be right for the horse. Um, sure. And so... I'm, so I'm going to write the next big fitness book, and it's going to be three pages long. Yeah. Page one is going to say, lift something heavy a couple times a week. Page two is going to say, run fast and run hard a couple times a week. And page three is going to say, eat nothing but whole foods 95% of the time. And, yeah. then, and then it's going to be super cheap to print. I'll sell it for just a couple bucks. It's going to be great. I, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> book. And on the back of it, it should say, and figure out, you know, and it'll say results may vary because <laughs> the results are going to vary. You need to figure out what works for yourself. But sure. most people just want Dr. Atkins, um, who is not alive anymore, to tell you or that, you know, that one person is going to have this cure all for for everybody, um, yeah. which our whole thing with this Live Different podcast is we have been way too conditioned by society or we, we've been way too conditioned to society to put these experts in the meet who we see in the media or we see on these blogs or wherever up on a pedestal and think ah. that they are going to tell us all of the answers where we need to be asking ourselves oh did that food did that food make me satisfied did that food make ah. me healthier and listen to yourself absolutely and i you know this actually ties in uh, a ton to to what everything else we've been talking about the one thing that never gets talked about in nutrition is um, it, it ties into this internal motivation piece, which is our eating habits have to align with our internal belief system or we'll never stick to them. Um, and so if I have a, uh, let's say I have a fundamental problem with um, eating animals, and we don't have to get into this, right? But that's an that's a internal belief I have. Whether I espouse it to other people and talk about it, whatever it may be, let's say I just genuinely feel that. Like every time I eat meat, I'm um, part of somewhere in the subconscious of my brain, I'm uh, feeling guilty for doing it, okay? So let's take that person. I can be shown all of the evidence in the world by paleo proponents why I should eat paleo. But if that doesn't align with these internal beliefs that I have, I will never stick with it and I'll never feel good about it. Um, and sometimes it takes some soul searching to figure that out. Um, you know, and I can dive into myself as a good example of this. But um, when we look to others to tell us what to do, we're not taking our own internal belief systems into account. Uh, and so if that same person were to look inside themselves and say, okay, I know for me, for my values to align with my diet, I don't think I can have animal product be a part of my daily diet. Okay, now we have context to work within. And it's like, it says, okay, so how do we build a healthy diet within the context of what I'm comfortable eating? So if we were to remove animal products from said person's diet, then how do we eat well within that, right? And then your beliefs are in alignment with your daily actions, um, and it makes it uh, easy, easier to stick with. Um, it, you know, it's that it very much aligns with that internal motivations piece, which is, uh, you know, our beliefs, you know, which is another, really another way of stating our internal motivations, uh, a belief in doing X, Y, and Z, um, if those are being met by our actions, then, then it's a lot easier to stick with. Yeah, and, and knowing yourself and asking yourself, what are my values? And maybe writing those down or maybe saying, okay, I have a decision to make. What, what's coming up in my subconscious or, or what makes me feel weird about eating meat or why do I hate going to the gym or just, you know, if you're trying to align your, your life and your lifestyle with your big, hairy, audacious goal and what's going to fuel you to get there, which is your health and your nutrition, um, 
then you're going to be able to say, okay, next time I go in to get a whopper or two, well, that's going to be, you know, is that in alignment with what I want to, with what I'm trying to do here? Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe having that reward of eating fast food is something that, that is very important to you. And that's fine with me. Um, but uh, as long as you actually take a conscious look at what you're doing, because once it's out of your, you know, it, once it's, what's, once it's in your, Consciousness, right? Once you understand um, that this is or is not in alignment with who I am, then you're just not going to do it anymore. You're not going to, if you're not a Whopper person, then you're not going to be able to even force one down. It, it doesn't matter if that's not part of your core values. Absolutely. It moves from the subconscious mind to the, to the aware of the conscious mind. Um, and you're forced to reckon with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've uh, you know, one of my um, kind of internal manifestos has always been uh, become to become a really, really good thinker. Uh, and because I know if I become a really good thinker, it's going to translate into becoming a good writer and a good speaker and a good just liver of life, right? Um, and so part of being a really good thinker is constantly asking yourself questions um, and constantly trying to peel back another layer because the more layers we can peel back, then you can get to that true, you know, that you hear the fluffy term, your, your true self, right? Um, but that it's, it's not a fluffy term uh, when you break it down. That true self is asking enough questions to get to the core of um, what is driving you. Uh, and what what makes you who you are for for sure and um and, and i appreciate that coming from you because you're someone who has gone through many different iterations of what that means and when i met you you had decided for that month you were going to try out a vegetarian lifestyle and you saw what it you know you saw the effects that it had and how it um you know, how your value shifted for that. And you were able to draw your own conclusions instead of just saying, oh, well, I read in a book, um, sure. you know, that this is what it's, that this is what it's supposed to, you know, that, that this is the reason everyone should be a vegetarian. So you just, you know, you didn't go into it blindly. You said, all right, well, this is, this is the amazing part about life is you get to try this stuff and, and figure out what, what does fall into my value system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Curiosity is critical. Yeah, and that's uh, that's how you become a good thinker is is when you analyze these things. Um, it takes I think it takes practice, I would say, and not enough people do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cool, man. Well, um, this has been a, this has been a lot of fun. Um, do you have any any parting words of advice for our audience here? Um, anything you got for for anything that anybody could just go out and do right after they stop listening to this? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's advice I like to give a lot, which is, um, if you work on yourself first, uh, the rest will usually take care of itself. Um, and so, you know, we've been talking about these big, hairy, audacious goals and these kind of, external things right um but it all starts with working on yourself and becoming a better version of yourself and when you're constantly striving to improve yourself whether that's the way you think or the way you act or the things you pursue the people you per surround yourself with uh, the uh, ideals that you align yourself with whatever it may be when you're constantly pursuing the betterment of those things um, the rest of life seems to take care of itself. I like it, man. And that, uh, that motivation, I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you. I am actually before trivia tonight at seven. I, my buddy is coming in, but I'm going to get my, my high intensity workout in because that's important to me. And then I can reward myself by maybe having a couple beers at trivia. Absolutely. All things in moderation. Another uh, overly used and trite phrase that is true, that is overused because it's true. Yeah. All, all things in moderation, even moderation, I've heard. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, uh, 
Cool, man. Hey, anywhere um, people can find you, your, your title of your book is Guy at the Bar uh, by Adam Griffin. We have our fitness trip, our Body Fit Under 30 Experiences trip, November 5 through 9. That's bodyfit.under30experiences.com, B O D. E-E-F-I-T, where can people uh, read some of the stuff that you've written um, other than on Under30CO where we'll link up uh, a few of your things? Yeah, um, so I uh, mainly, well, I, I mainly contribute to um, other publications, but uh, my own personal site is adamgriff.in, so that is an Indian domain name, but it's A-D-A-M-G-R-I-F-F.in, and um, there I would encourage you to sign up for my uh, Better Than Yesterday uh, email list if, uh, if that's something you're interested in. I send out um, kind of a, a positive message every Monday morning on something to, to kind of ponder and think about for the week. Um, otherwise, I'm most active on Twitter. My handle is at ideas don't work um, and bodyfit.com as well. So would love to connect. Cool, man. Sounds like a plan. And uh, here is to making tomorrow or today better than yesterday. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All right, pal. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right.